1987, Paul Rudnick pitched a Bette Midler comedy to Scott Rudin. And now we have a Whoopi Goldberg comedy. That was Sister Act, and this is Godfellas. Everybody and welcome to Godfellas, the podcast that I did not think of anything for this week. But you know what? We'll just uh, we'll we'll improvise. You know, we'll we'll build the plane in midair and uh, we'll get back in the habit. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm the Kathy and the Jimmy fan club. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And tonight <laughs> we are talking about the 1992 comedy classic, Sister Act. But folks, before we uh, we get into it, we have to introduce our guest. I am I'm really really excited. Uh, he is a director. He is an insane creative. Uh, he's a great conversationalist. If you're ever looking to have a great time talking to somebody, this is the guy that you want us to talk to. Ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together unless you're driving for Mr. Brad King. Hey, how's it going? Yay. Brad. Th- Thank you. Thank you so much. I think we should tell the story. Um, I was talking to Brad a while ago, and I said, hey, would you ever want to do uh, Godfellas? And he's like, yeah, sure, just book me. And I was like, what do you want to talk about? And right away, he said, Sister Act. <laughs> and this is one I've been trying to get someone to talk about and take seriously for a long time. So, Brad, I'm, I'm so happy that, that it's going to be you. I am so happy that's me, too, because this movie is so enjoyable and it's like it it brings it's one of the few movies that i laugh out loud watching mm-hmm. every time and i've seen this movie so so many times um but it just brings absolute joy to my heart so i'm so glad to be here to talk about this movie with you guys nice well uh brad so why don't you just uh tell us a little a little bit more about yourself or maybe if there's anything i missed in your uh, intro yeah, no, I um, I currently work for the Salvation Army as the Divisional Events Coordinator for the Salvation Army in Eastern Pennsylvania and Delaware. Um, I have I hold a bachelor's and a master's in acting with a concentration in directing and musical theater. Uh, I love to see shows, work on shows. I love uh, reading plays is a big thing for me. Uh, <laughs> I love movies. I try to, I always, every year, see all the movies that are up for the Oscars and try to, you know, figure out who's going to win that kind of stuff in the end. <laughs> well, and yeah, I just, I love, I love stories at their essence. Storytelling is mm-hmm. huge for me. And uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot about me. So. And so Brad, as a creative and someone who clearly takes art seriously, why is it important to um, uphold that quality, that standard, even when we're doing stuff for the church? Yeah. So um we want to be like, you want people to hear your story. You want to hear your message. Right. And the thing is when you, when the quality goes down, whether it be a script or even your production values or whatever there, people become distracted by those other things and they're going to miss the story in there, you know, cause even again, some of the best storytelling I've seen is a person just standing there telling a story. Right. And it doesn't have all that stuff, but sometimes, you know, we, we muddle ourselves down with, 
message even sometimes too. Like stories are pure. Story People are going to connect to stories. There's a reason that Jesus told stories mm-hmm. rather than just talked at these people, right? Because we learn from relationship. We learn from that, that, that example. And sometimes we feel, we understand things better when we can feel it as seen through other people. Um, and so there's, you know, we can learn what to be like in what to be like in life and what to not be like in life, you know, mm-hmm. from yeah. that thing and not have to necessarily live all of those traumas ourselves. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think, but I think that, you know, we want to, we want to keep equality because your message is only as, as is going to be, it's only going to be received as well as it's told. Right. So if you want people to hear what you have to say, you got to say it in a clear way. I'm like how I'm talking in circles right now. But if you want to say it in a clear way uh, that people are going to understand it. And that also is visual, whether it's visually, um, you know, you know, verbally or through your body, you want people to understand it clearly. So, yeah. 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 100% agree with that. Mm. And, and speaking of communicating clearly, let's get into our film this week, Sister Act. Yes. So, so this movie, um, Sister Act, Hannah. What is your experience with this film? Um, love and <laughs> adoration. Um, <laughs> I, I actually don't remember. As I say every week, I don't remember the first time I saw this movie. <laughs> um, but I remember always, always wanting to watch. There was never a time mm. when someone suggested watching Sister Act and going, no. I'm not in the mood for that. Yeah. Why would you say no to that? Yeah. Um, yeah. You, so, can I ask a question? So you guys, I think you guys were probably, were you born when this movie came out? Or is this I was after? born in 93. No, okay. So not. this is before. So yeah. I, I'm the grandpa. I was, I was 11. <laughs> but the thing is like, there was this run of movies in the early nineties that I like to call family movies that are not family movies. Like, so like that. this is a topic and some of the language are things that like, if you were to put like in a movie for families now, you're like, this would never be a thing. No. But like, I remember being, and listen, my parents are Salvation Army ministers. They are, I would say, bent on the, like a more conservative approach to, you know, things. Um, but I watched this movie as a kid. Mm-hmm. And so like watching it back, like even as I was watching it again uh, for the podcast, I was like, there's a lot of... A lot oh, of yeah. topics. <laughs> that I was like, I, don't, I was like, I don't know. I mean, seven-year-old Brad was probably just here for the music. But like, you know, I definitely wouldn't. But yeah, there were a lot of movies in this early 90s that were like these, oh, let's sit down and watch as a family that they're topics that are just not, you know, family friendly necessarily. No, you know? no. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. And well, for me, I think that I saw Sister Act 2 first and mm-hmm. then never ended up seeing the the first Sister Act because like people were always like, the second one's better. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. And we'll then we are going to have... <laughs> that debate oh and i i don't think the second one's better i've i've gotten in yeah. full on screaming matches with people about it but oh, yeah. when i finally i finally saw sister act because i saw sister act on broadway and i was like huh is the movie's good you say uh and you know no shade at sister act but i watched it, i was like huh there, i don't know this it wasn't for me i'll, I'll say you- that it has its fans but not for me and then <laughs> i saw the movie after that and i was like Oh, you, had I gone into Sister Act with the knowledge of this, I probably would have had a better time. I wait, wait. You hadn't seen Sister Act. You saw the the stage show first. Yeah, I didn't know That's that. The yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I mean, listen. 
I mean, there's so much of this. I mean, we're going to, but like the 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 pastiche of 1960s music, right? It was huge. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're going to get a Broadway composer to do 1960s music, Alan Menken's the guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Horror is like you know, and so like he wrote some good songs in there. Like there's yeah. some beautiful songs in there. And I think, but I think the thing that's missing from the musical is the callback to the actual hits from the 60s. Like, you know, the way that they that Whoopi's character weird out these songs to make them about Jesus, right? So like, I think that, uh, you know, that's what's missing, I think in some parts from the, from the, uh, from the musical, but the musical in and of itself, I think is, it's a, it's a sweet little piece. Also, they added the love story with Eddie and, yeah. which I yeah. love, I love, I, I am, I'm a, I listen to a po- another podcast and they talk about their love for um, best friend movies, like or friend mm. movies as opposed to love movies. And I think yeah. that this is another one where like Eddie and Dolores, like there's a, there's like a, a friendship that builds in there that isn't necessarily like it's like like winked at that there could be something more but probably not ever because they're like meeting in trauma and so i feel like there's this element of like it's a friend movie like you don't need it and not every movie has to have like a you know a romantic at the end of it you know yeah 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 yeah, yeah. well it's interesting to go back to the middler of it all yeah so i was reading and she said that she turned down the movie because she felt like her audience, her fans wouldn't want to see her play a nun. And I'm kind of like, hey, bet you, you could have just said that you didn't think the script was very good or like you could or just you say you didn't want to do it. Well, yeah. Yeah. So the thing is, like, yeah, so it starts, as, as you said, it's, it's a, a Bette Midler uh, comedy written by Paul Rudnick, who Paul Rudnick is a his humor is great. Like, I mean, you got like, yeah. I, you know, I hate Hamlet and, you know, uh, Jeffrey and that kind of stuff. But then when you, the, if you look, did you look at the other list of writers that this I went did. through? Carrie Fisher. Which was brought on, she was brought on by Whoopi to punch up stuff. Like that was a specific ask. Yeah. But Nancy Robert, Myers. Nancy yeah. Myers, Robert Harling of Steel Magnolia's fame. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, yeah. And so like, I look at that list of writers and also like, there is a, um, I wrote down here, there's a, talking about 90s movies too. This, this idea of in 90s movies, there was like elevated reality that almost borders on camp that was very like it feels like a sitcom right there was this there was this time when we appreciated movies that like the plot of this movie is kind of ridiculous but it still lives in reality does that make sense like it's not like it's and then an alien shows up right like, right, right. That could happen they yeah. could happen. yes 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 absolutely right. so like it's is it it's feasible that they're like oh we're gonna put you here and the nuns are gonna look over you and then you start a singing like it all like it's it's it doesn't make sense to like an actual like documentary style like this is a real story because there's the little things where you're just like this is a little crazy and coincidental <laughs> but it still could happen right and so like things like but like movies that fall into this category mrs doubtfire yeah right like that like it's like yeah that could happen but it probably wouldn't and they're right. you know so like we appreciated this in the 90s in a way that like we don't make movies like this anymore this kind of like and i think that some of them have become camp right and like i've been embraced i would say well in a lot of ways by you know ostracized communities you know yeah well hannah and i had a whole back and forth last night because at the end of the movie during the big chase scene the music that was playing it was almost like benny hill music and we were like it's so goofy and hannah's like it's high camp and i was like I don't even, because the plot is so realistic, that's kind of where like the disconnect of the camp comes in for me. But you're also right. Like it, it was such <laughs> a weird experience. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say like this. I think the unsung hero of this movie is Mark Shaman. 
Okay. Yeah, Mark Shaman yeah. did for those of you know, listening, uh, you know, wrote the music for Hairspray is probably what he's best known for. But if and I could, I forgot to look this up, but I believe that he he probably would have been brought on when Bette Midler was still attached because he was he worked with her for a while, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also why I like Jennifer Lewis in the movie too because she worked with Bette Midler for a long, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but Mark Shaman, like I think that his his music his his actual score that he wrote, like the saxophone moment when she's in the. Uh, in her room, I'm like, this is a moment. But like for, for all of those, but with you're like, I, I have questions. Yep. Like you cannot deny what he did with Hail Holy Queen, which well, I, we're gonna get to, but like, the, but I think hey. the music in this movie and the way that it all comes together, I think that, I think we, we'd be remiss to not at least have a couple minutes of, to talk about Mark Shane and his work in this film. Oh yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Well, well, yeah. Let's 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 work through the through the plot of this movie. Um, so this movie is about Dolores Van Cartier, which already I, I'm in. Like I'm I'm in. That's her name. And she's a she's a lounge singer in Reno, Nevada, and she is dating my least favorite part of this movie, Harvey Keitel. Dolores. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but there was just, I like Harvey Keitel in other roles, but there was just something about this where I was like, how are you simultaneously like phoning it in and, and also amazing. being way like, too much? In time. <laughs> there was something where I was like, he's such a clown in this movie. <laughs> and, uh, but he's also a gangster. And after Dolores witnesses a murder, she has to, she has to go live with the nuns. Uh, and she doesn't like Maggie Smith. And uh, can I just say mean to her at first? Oh yeah, yeah very mean to her. Oh. But their their chemistry, I was like, oh, chemistry's great. This is this is yeah. amazing. This is so, great. I uh, this is I'm here to throw out as we talk through all this stuff. There's gonna be a lot of quotes that I pull yeah, out. Yeah. This, this is a movie that like is highly quotable, especially oh, with yeah. my, um, my friend Aaliyah. Um, but. Like she literally says to Dolores, like, "Yeah, someone's trying to kill you." The quote she says is like, uh, "You know, everyone I can, or everyone who's met you, I can imagine yes. wants to kill you." I'm like, "Girl, you are none." Yeah, <laughs> like, be nice. It's it's one of those things, though. I do think it speaks to the talent of Maggie Smith because mm. it's like she's able, like she's also funny. Like, because I think you know, a lot of people oh, yeah. are, think of her as like the Harry Potter woman or like the sweet old lady. But I was Downton like, Abbey. Yeah. Downton Abbey. Yeah. I was like, she's got comedic chops too. I've never seen Downton Abbey, but she, yeah. she she throws a good one liner out in Downton Abbey. That's like her whole thing. She's like, I'm gonna sit here and throw one liner at you. Although she's like in this movie, she definitely like, I, I for being I guess the other antagonist of the story. Like she's still. She's still like she still has her moments where you're like I I see what you're saying like I get it you know yeah yeah, yeah no yeah I I get it and also we meet the nuns who I mean come on come on come on <laughs> Hannah, every time Hannah saw Alma the piano player Hannah was just like yes my queen more <laughs> more <laughs> so I will tell I will tell a quick story about this yeah. so uh, my mother's name is Alma right nice. mm-hmm. and so and she and a lot of times when we were you know and around this time we she would play piano and things because that was part of you know my parents would travel around and do things so they were the youth ministers at the time the DYSs for those of you who speak army <laughs> and um, somebody actually pulled the Alma check your battery on her one day and like to, to, yeah, to say something to her and it, it didn't end well no, so, I like, cannot mother, imagine that ending well. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, like, and so, um, but like, so that line always like, like is a trigger in my head where I'm like, ah! <laughs> but like, great character. But yeah. that um, moment is one of those like, you know, moments mm. for me where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And just like, again, like, you know, we had 
kind of talked about this off the mic before the episode, but about like like acting through body language. Like I don't think she says a single line in the movie, and yet she's hysterical. So she's good. so funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The number like this. What I think I really appreciate about this movie is the nuance. Like there's so many just little things in this movie that mm-hmm. like in a broad comedy, because I think there is an element that this is we can say this is a little bit of a broad comedy. Yeah. But the yeah. nuance like and I'm going to say right now, one of the one of the most quotable things for me in this movie is actually, you know, the the first scene where she, not the first scene with the little kid, but like when they're first in the Moonlight Lounge. Yes. Yeah. The acting of the three women on stage in this moment. Yes. So like it starts off with like a whole like, you know, uh, first of all, you have legendary Jennifer Lewis as one of the Jennifer Lewis. Okay. <laughs> but you have like you see Whoopi because no one's making sense. She's getting more and more annoyed. Right. And then uh, she's over. And then you have the whole bit with Jennifer Lewis putting her hand in front of Whoopi's face. Right. And so there's like all this oh, yeah. fighting that's happening. Well, and then the line that's quoted, I don't know how I can say it on this podcast because it has a bad <laughs> word in it. But like the line that my friend, my friend, I called is the heat wave. Good night, everybody. Heat wave. You don't give a heat wave. Yes. <laughs> it just, it's like, you know what movie you're watching. Yes. That. Like you get like the tone of like, oh, I see where we're going here. This is so like that moment is comedy gold and it's just yeah. such a small moment of this movie no i yeah i a hundred percent agree like yeah basically everything Whoopi says in this movie is incredible just a is- couple of months only a couple of months <laughs> yeah well so she uh ends up doing a, a lot of busy work and stuff like that at the uh at the convent she doesn't really love it, but she's getting along with the other nuns so much so that one night she decides to go to a bar to let loose and the nuns follow her and, and shenanigans ensue, which of course enrages the Reverend mother who orders Dolores to join the choir and to kind of stay out of the way. But because Dolores is Dolores, she becomes the director of the choir. Now I want to say I loved Un, like not like because it was funny or anything, but I love that scene where she takes over and she's like, "You yeah. are singing for the Lord. Like you need to listen to each other. Oh, like yeah. it has to be good." And I'm like, "Yeah, ab- absolutely." Like the whole point of this podcast is like, "Hey, Christian movies. Like you need to step up your game if you want. Like if you're saying like it can't be bad because it's for the Lord. You know, it you gotta no do it well. Want to see it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that so the other thing that kind of struck me this time, and I think I. It's one of those things that, like, I always forget about. That scene is halfway through the movie. Yeah. So you've gone through half of the movie before the choir. Like, they have their one performance where they're really bad, where the one woman keeps coming in a beat early and I'm obsessed with her. Oh, my gosh. But, like, (laughs) but that's halfway through the movie, right? But I think that, like, where it's earned, and and the scene, I'm going to tell you right now, like, to backtrack just a little bit, if that's okay. The scene that really struck me this time that didn't before I mean, in many ways is the scene where they're sitting around making the rosaries. Yeah. Oh yeah. The nuance in that scene of just like, you know, the one older lady with the glasses, like just her looks of like, it, like is it, they're so good. And then you have the whole, like, you know, Oh, I love Reno. Like, and you have the, uh, you know, and then the like, you know, talking about living next to, yeah, the call and, and living next to the pro the, you know, the prostitute buckwheat birth. Right. Yeah. And like, but that scene I think is what, I think that scene really is why the scene when she takes over the choir is earned, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, 
is that they show that she, oh, you're something different. Oh, but, but we still kind of get a, like, we're getting a feel for her. She's not just like, cause after the first thing where she complains about the food, where she's sitting up and like, I can see a lot of the nuns being like, we, we don't like this, this woman. Right. Yeah. 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 She's, kind of, she's entitled. She's, you know, all these, you know, um, but I think that that scene where they're built, where they're making the rosaries really helps to set up and earn that, that support mm. she gets from the women to take over the choir, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even there's that scene where, with, um, oh shoot, Sister Mary Robert, where, um, she just says to her, like, do you ever just feel like, you know, you have to be yourself or you're going to scream. Yeah. Which is like kind of what the whole movie is about, like yeah. finding a way to be yourself in like a different situation. Yeah. But like even what I like about this movie, even though it's only like it's not overly long, I think it's an hour 40. Yeah. Like it's not afraid to take its time. And I think you get to this is not dismissive. You get to do that when your plot isn't super like things, 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 you know. And again, it makes the sweet moment sweeter. It makes the funny moments funnier, you know. Like it makes it so that later in the movie when they're having a montage and you just see that they're playing with the people in the neighborhood, all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is funny because I know these characters. Right. The character work is like the development of the characters are really impressive in such a small, oh, yeah. in a short amount of time. Um, I mean, Kathy and Jimmy comes in there and you're like, I know this woman from <laughs> a jump. And oh, also my goodness. like it's, it's one of those things where it's like the character is so simple that it's so deep. Does that make sense? Where oh, it's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's just it's so good. And like just her love for people. I, yeah. I like, I don't know. I, you know, being around like in ministry situations, like there are those people where you're like, okay, you love people a lot. Like I need, like it's a lot. Right. <laughs> but like that's a real person to me. Like I know those people, yeah. like who are just that, that wanting to be there and, and have the heart for that. I, yeah. That her, yeah, her presence in there is just really felt from the jump. And same with like Sister Mary Lazarus, where you're like, we all know her too, right? Icon. <laughs> I was miserable. We loved it. Icon. <laughs> like I know well, we'll talk about music one hours later, but the moment in my in my God when she turns the wrong way after her solo and starts to walk, and then she turns around and she's so mad at herself yes. is one of the best like little Sister Mary Lazarus moments in the whole movie. I love it. Well, we're there talking about um, Hail Holy Queen, which. That scene, I've listened to that song on Spotify since watching the movie, like, yesterday? Like, maybe five times? Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's well, so I love good. I love the the bait and switch of it all, like, because I, at first it's like, this sounds amazing. It sounds incredible. It's so good. But then when it kicks into the bop, it also is like, and that makes sense. Like, that's what, because yeah. it's like, that's what you're expecting at first from Dolores, but then I love it. You think you're not going to get it. And then you do. And it's so satisfying. It's it, well, and you get, you get the, that song first, you know, and, and it's yes. terrible. Right. But it's the, the, like when they start to sing it really well and those two nuns look at each other out in the audience and just like, Oh snap, they're good now. Right. <laughs> and, and just the fact that the song ends and the Reverend mother is just like, yes, I've done a good thing for this church. We have a great. And then, then that beat kicks in and just mm -hmm. the whole like of her face. And you're just, uh, yeah. Yeah. but the yeah but also my one oh. my one complaint about the it, and it's you know i i hesitate to call it even a complaint because i love it so much is so you know as a kid i i was always aware that um sister mary is it sister mary robert yeah robert yeah. roberts yeah. sister mary roberts like the actress playing her was not the one singing right like they voice yeah. dubbed her yeah yeah 
fine that's not a problem but her acting when she's like discovering she can sing was so over the top that I was like, no one's going to say rain it in a little, just bring it in a little. Like, it's like, she's like opening her eyes, like for the first time in life, like it's giving birth oh. to sound, man. It's the, yeah, metaphor, yeah. the metaphor of her life. Right. Mm. Yeah. I, I will say though, I do love, and again, the little moments, I love the moments of just like the people outside her, like what's going on. And like the pastor, they're just like, yep, oh. come, come on in. Oh yeah. We need to talk about this pastor in this movie. I'm obsessed with him. Like his, he's up there at some before they talk. He's like, you know, with the people here, the, the few people here, where is everybody? Like, it's just that energy. Yes. I'm just like, he's so, but then after Hill Holy Queen, like he hears what's happening and he goes in there and basically just like wins the argument for mm-hmm. the Loris, right? Like that character is. I think it's he's like an unsung hero of this movie. Like he's like he was just hey now hold on wait a minute yeah. like, you know mm-hmm. I love uh. yeah the the priest in this movie is he's just he's so good it's the right element of like a little bit kooky but like absolutely believable and I, th- I think that's a lot of this movie it's just like a little bit kooky mm-hmm. but absolutely yeah. believable yeah yeah yep well well then you know Dolores really gets this convent up and running gets them out in the community. And like, and it's really like lovely to see because you can tell that these nuns are just ready to love on people and love on their uh, community. And as someone who was involved in like doing ministry for a long time, there was a thing about like, oh, you live in the neighborhood? Like, okay, cool. Like, we'll, yeah, you know, you know what it's like here. You know us. And so I think like, for the nuns that this is their community. These are their people who they get to love on. I just think that, you know, cause montages for me are like 50, 50, like sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're awful. There's very little, like that montage was okay. I think this is like an all time great. Cause it does advance the plot in a way that like, you couldn't really dedicate a lot of like scene work to. Yeah. I agreed. I think, um, yeah, I think first of all, did the absolute nineties of everyone's clothes, <laughs> Is amazing. Oh yeah, I need to. Yeah, yeah. It'd be even like even like those those first girls that come during Hail Holy Queen, right? Like like yeah, just the absolute. Like I just I think that there there's just something about like the fact that it's these young women who are like yeah we're what is going on in the church we're gonna go into the church and check it out like could you imagine like today yeah. like you know to have that happening I think like that I just think that's a really interesting moment but then like the, it's those same girls that are out dancing with yeah. um with I Dolores and, and Mary Patrick and then they all like leave her and they're like nah just kidding and it's just like the hug and camaraderie that comes mm-hmm. along after it well uh, then ag- yeah well well then again like we talked about this in the sound of music episode is that like and part of community and singing together is like when you get to know people and you just like love seeing them sing and the scene where uh the nuns do do my god and you, it cuts to those ladies looking at them. It's like this energy of like, oh, those are our girls. Like those are our nuns. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The little, it's just like the four of them move, bobbing their head all to the same side at the same time. It's just a great little. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like you can you know. hear what conversations they have with them. Like after. Mm. Absolutely. And I love that. And I also love also D- Dolores, the double Dutch. Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. Also, in monta- also in the montage, the nuns blocking the entrance to the adult bookstore. Is, yes. Is yes. The guy who's so frustrated because he can't get, get in here. Yeah. No, it's, so, it's so good. Um, oh. Yeah. I, I, so, 
yeah anyway i think i think yeah. we're up to, are we up to my god now is that what we're we talking are about? we are yeah. Yeah, so I think what's really fun about that too is you get everybody's personality because they all have yeah, like a different a different yeah. solo moment, and those are all really really fun, you know. Yeah. Also, the the good bad acting with the hail girls, hail Mary, what's up? <laughs> I love it's it. iconic. Like <laughs> and it's like, uh uh-uh, uh, he's always there, and you're just like because it's not supposed to like because they're not actors, they're just like you know these nuns, and it's just it's so good. Mm-hmm. And it's not good. Like, do you know what I'm and it's and, and you know the subtleties of there is the the older nun with the glasses on, and she's doing all the motions, and it's just amazing yeah. to watch. Like, it, yeah, it's like it's like in Hell Holy Queen with the one the one nun who can't get the beat, yeah. mm-hmm. clapping until about halfway through the song, and then she finally gets it, and there's like this moment of like, oh my gosh, I got it. Yeah. Um, you know, you got the Ethel Merman ask, and I'm gonna, which is. <laughs> Fantastic. Yes. Um, and you got uh, was El- uh, Ellen Albertini Dow who played the uh, the grandmother in uh, the wedding singer mm-hmm. over there on yes. the end. Yeah. Yeah. But, no, it's so yes. it's, also like, Mrs. Those Potts. women are all iconic. Yes, uh, Beth Fowler who played Mrs. Potts, Potts on yeah. Broadway. Yep. yep. That so was good. great. Fun little. That was fun. I love the moment in uh, in the first rehearsal. When Mary Lazarus is like. Oh, you're trying to replace me. And I actually went back and watched a couple of them because watching all of the different reactions from the women, because the one woman who sounds like Ethel Merman who comes in a beat early all the time, mm-hmm. when she says, you're trying to replace me, her face is like, <gasps> like she's so happy. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that Mary Lazarus is not going to be running the choir anymore. Yeah. And it's like, just like the fact that all of these women are so, because their parts are not necessarily big. They're really just brought in to be like, you're the choir. But each, this is the, this is the, 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 the thing to really applaud here is the the, the depth of the character work and the specificity yeah. of all of those women is so precise and so good. And you see how they live in community mm-hmm. and who's friends and who doesn't like it's like in the way they all look at each other. Like yeah. it is, it is impressive acting from like what I would call like, not your leads, but you're like your secondary characters. Right. It's just, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not fantastic for everybody because Detective Souther becomes very upset when he sees that uh, that Mary Clarence or Dolores Van Cartier Loved. is getting famous. Loved yeah. how she tried to hide her face on television. <laughs> also, amazing. love Vince's wife. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. 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 Look at these cute nuns. But that's not but that's not what gives them away. It's when uh the rat in the department finds a check that was made out to the convent for was it ten thousand dollars? Did I see that correctly? Or yeah, it's something like that. Yeah, it's something like that. Which uh, that's like the messiest stuff in the movie for me, but I'm glad that they kind of breeze over it. Because when it whenever yeah. it goes to Souther and his I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. I do love Eddie though. I think that yes. Eddie stuff with Dolores oh. is great. Yeah, me oh, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even his moment where he's like when Vince is walking out of the police station, he's like, hey. I gotcha. Like it's very that, and they're like, they've got Dolores. Like yeah. you know, it's just that yeah. moment. Yeah, yep. I do like uh, Vin, uh, Vince's little sidekick guys. I think that they're very. They're great. Oh, what is oh, it? Willie yeah. and Joey. <laughs> Willie, yeah. And I, I meant to say this earlier. I appreciate that the um the gun noises are very non-triggering. <laughs> Yeah. But they're very much like pew 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 pew. pew. Yes, <laughs> this is someone Star Wars. Yeah, this is Star- yeah. <laughs> yeah, with the with the music and the little pew pews. But then it's like uh, you just killed the man. Like 
this is it's it's just so camp like the idea yeah. like it's like the nun like it's it is just we're gonna we're gonna de-escalate the violence and bring up the musical theater like yeah it's great mm. well yeah. speaking, of mu- speaking of musical theater though due to their fame the p- the, pope. the pope who was just the- coming to america <laughs> which i loved i was like it's so, so stupid but i love it like it has to be the pope it had to be the pope and i yeah. love uh, again back to all the nuns acting i love the scene where um the reverend mother's like okay who wants to do a more classical concert and then it go- it goes to like who wants to do dolores's worldly thing and they're all kind of like they can't look at her and they're like Ugh. the one nun that's like yeah okay but who here on this call who have all had to plan worship meetings and such have had that exact conversation oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the yeah. time in the church like would you rather have something that's more respectful or this or do we want you know the i think of the the reverend mother boogie woogie on the piano you know very you know <laughs> what's that? this cat calls well if you think about it and this is the thing to think about too so this this back in the early 90s there was like this resurgence of the 60s right in in, mm-hmm. in a lot of style and stuff like that but if you do the timing out, this would be this would be like now them doing the music of the 90s. So like what if you came into church and it was like the choir was doing a Jesus version of You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette? Like that's the equivalent, right? Stop saying things I want, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but think about it. Like that, you know. Yeah. Like that's, you know, so that's, that's a thing to think about. So like, you know, I, I think about like, you know, I have to, as part of my job every summer, I do these things called the Jesus theater, where it's like, you take it's the story of Jesus, you just set to like different, you know, music and whatever. And that's the kind of stuff I always try to do is like, I always try to include some song that the kids are going to hear on the radio so that when they hear that song, they go, oh man, it takes them back to that time when they saw this, this, this show, this play. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But this idea of playing with secular music, I mean, this is something we'll probably get into later, but this idea of secular music and at least in the Salvation Army, like that's that's the whole crux of how the whole thing started in a lot Absolutely. of ways, you know? mm-hmm. And so like I, I think it's it's so interesting to see another denomination, for lack of a better way of phrasing it, kind of tackle this issue that is a non-issue in some ways, yeah. or at least at the beginning, I'll say a non-issue in the beginning of the Salvation Army, because that was they, they used for those of you that are not Salvation Army people, they used to take the songs that kid that people would sing in the pubs and write lyrics about Jesus and sing those out in the streets to catch people's attention to hopefully yeah. you know bring them into a church meeting. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And if I may say, this is a little off topic, but I've been in many pieces that Brad has directed when I was younger. And the amount of music I learned because Brad either use them in rehearsals or in the pieces we were in like i like i i would say that you've added a good 20 percent to my like music <laughs> knowledge mm. and i, I appreciate that yeah and, I, and <laughs> i've yet to be in a piece that that brad has directed but it, it's coming really yeah, yeah. absolutely it's, that's true it's yeah never, oh never, never. i didn't know that <laughs> it's coming yeah, yeah. I just yeah. met Brad like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Oh, I've known Brad most of my life. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. good. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> but, yeah. but speaking of knowing, that was the worst segue. Speaking of knowing people most of their yeah, life. Knowing uh, things. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Speaking of knowing things, uh, Willie and Joey find Dolores and they uh, also kidnap Sister Mary Roberts and just kind of let her go. Listen. <laughs> They didn't need her. They got they got the they one they wanted. Not. They didn't need her. Mm-hmm. And I love that just like, right away she runs over and she's like, "It's them. They're going here. Go." They had guns. Yeah. No, very <laughs> it's that. Great. It's great. And 
here's here's I guess my my big question. Do we feel that Reverend Mother's transformation is too quick? No, I will Oh sorry. Okay. No, go ahead. You go uh, ahead. I will say there's a sense of sometimes you don't know the depths of your feelings until sure. they have to be activated by something. So maybe she didn't realize how much she actually cared for her until her life was in danger and she had to be like, I'm protecting my, you know, one of my own, you yeah. know? Yeah. I, I do think that that's a, a big part of it. I also think that the Reverend Mother takes very seriously her job in this situation of like, oh, yeah. I mean, I've been entrusted with this child, this child of God that I need to protect. Right. Yeah. Mm. Um, I do think that um, the leap to, we have to go and save her is the moment where I'm like, but like, yeah. even, even there though, I love Mary Lazarus has a lines. We can't trust this to the feds. And it's like, you're not wrong. Mary. You're not <laughs> like I want, I want like, you know how they've been doing those like prequel Netflix, 10 episode series. I want us. I want to see Mary Lazarus's 10 episode. Yes. Netflix series about like her coming up as a nun. Cause yes. some of the things that she says, I'm like, you may also be a hardened criminal who spent time in Sing Sing and I'm not <laughs> mad at it, but like, I want to see that story. Like how did Mary Lazarus get to where she is? Yeah. Four popes. She's been a nun for four popes. <laughs> And then we get the nuns running around uh, Reno, which the nun at the slot machine. It's a gold icon. Amazing. Also, uh, Whoopi Goldberg doing the red 23. And then the, I did that to teach you all a lesson. <laughs> uh, so, but also, so can we talk these chase scenes? Okay. Yes, yes. I, I love a good chase scene. Okay. Like some, like, like niche things that I love that I like that I think are, I'm glad I don't see them all the time, but I love good chasing. I love good heist movie. And this kind of has elements of both, but the chase scene in particular, and I love the nuance of the first time she's running away. We go through the, we go through the kitchen and the second time we go through and the first time she's just, uh, but the second time she's here for life, she actually stops and says, are you yes. okay? Yes. I person. noticed that too. So you're seeing the change in Dolores, even in this weird, yeah. you know, whatever moment, this chase scene, it's kind of bananas. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, just like even using those kind of moments for character, I think is fantastic. Well, and then again, one of my favorite character moments is um, then at the end when they have the nuns cornered and Doris kind of D Doris Dolores kind of reveals herself, and uh, the Willie and Joey are like, "She's a nun. We can't waste her." And Harvey Keitel is like, "She's not a nun." And just Maggie Smith doing the like, "No, she is." Yeah, like because I again, I feel like today. That would have been a nine minute monologue, that scene. That would have been her big like Oscar moment. And I love none. that it's just like How do you as... describe a nun? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's as little as just her like it's as little as her just like affirming like you are valued and like thank you for what you did without actually saying any of that. But also I don't think it's a lie. I think that she yeah. really looks at like the things that yeah, what you're saying, what Dolores did in that time were like, yeah, she may not have actually been ordained or whatever, but the work that she's done and the things that she changed, she's a nun. She's one of us, right? Yeah. And I think that that I think that if you had given it the nine minute treatment, I think it would have been like, oh, we get it. Like <laughs> there's just yeah. like Maggie's you don't she doesn't need that much to get across no. what she needs to get across. Like she, it's it's a beautiful moment, honestly. But I like I even talking about the whole like with with the two guys, their moment when it's just the two of them in there and they're all like, I can't which we're, we're going to have you take off your costume because then then we'll know, you know, but even though, you know, I just I love that moment of just like these guys are not as hard because like criminals as yeah. we 
Because you think about it, like Goodfellas was just two years before this, right? Sure. You know, and then also like Harvey Keitel had Reservoir Dogs and Sister Act the same year, which is a whole thing to think about. But like you <laughs> have these, or three years before, I think it's three. Is it, is it three? 90. I'm, I'm checking 90. right now. I'm checking. Yeah, yeah Goodfellas is 1990. So two years. Yeah, yeah. So it's two. But even still, like we were in this kind of moment of like mobsters, right? And so to see yeah. these mobsters who are not just like, I'm just going to pull up my gun and shoot you, but actually have like a conscience, I think is yeah. a is an interesting subverting of the the tone in the room, you know, of mm. just like, because they're not stupid either. That's the thing is like, they're kind of like, they're not your like dippy dum-dums, like, like even like you're like the weasels in Who Framed Roger Rabbit kind of gangsters, right? Like they're yeah. actually like, they're good at their job, I guess, you know, but they also are not like, you know, without a heart. And I think that yeah. that's something, a, a really fine line to balance there with those yeah. guys. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Luckily, those guys are stopped by Eddie Souther and his amazing shooting. Okay, that scene where he the glass Shattered. shatters. I went. Oh. <laughs> I was so. Nail got the worst got shot. You know. Yeah, it was good editing. I've yeah. seen it so many times, but every time I think I'm still like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. It's so, so good. good. I, you know, and it, it is probably one of the most like melodramatic moments in the movie. And you're oh, like, absolutely. It earns it. Like, I'm not mad at it. Like, it's yeah. fine. You know, now, I will say, though, there's something about and then they the movie ends. They do their concert for the Pope. I will follow it. There was something about this movie where at the end, I was like, I had a good time. But the ending, I don't know what I wanted. I just wanted like I wanted a little more, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, like it just kind of ends. Well, I think I think that you kind of get the ending of the movie in the credits, like with yeah. the whole with the magazine covers and the Dolores has gone on her story. And the, I think if you I think if you go in any further, like, I think I think you get to a place where it's like, then where do we stop? Sure, you know what I sure. mean? Because mm-hmm. the thing is, like, that's in, in essence, that's the last moment Dolores is with the nuns. Right. Like she has yeah. her moment. Apparently she hugs the Pope from the cover of the one magazine. Screaming. Yeah. <laughs> so good. And then we don't know what happens to Dolores. Like, you know, like she's probably not going back to Reno because she's now more famous. And we find out, you know, if you watch the next movie, she's got a show in Vegas. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I, I understand what you're saying. because, But this is a thing that also like I'm going to tell you that like I've been watching a lot of movies from this time. Movies kind of just end because like I'm yeah. just, I felt that way with Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Like I, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen Jurassic Park until like a year ago, right? It was just one of those movies that for me was a blind spot. And I watched it and it's like they got out of there like, well, oof, that was good. And they're in the in the thing and then it ends. And I was like, this is the end of the movie? <laughs> yeah. Like I think now we we are so much more a culture of everything has to be tied up or it has to be the perfect mm-hmm. ending or it has to feel sure. but honestly, when does life ever feel like it's actually tied up when you leave someplace? Like I think that like there's something to be said for the 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 out the out like a fade out as opposed to a bump out. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. 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 No, that's a good point. And and again, like I'd rather leave wanting more than being like, oh my gosh, wrap movie. it up. Yeah. Like and that I'm, Elvis movie. <laughs> when I was like, hurry up. Let me yeah. out. That was, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. Was weird. I have to <laughs> that was weird. Um, I Oh, I also love the, uh, I don't remember who says it. it oh, it's got to be the Brothers, the Reno and Gamora. Yeah. That's what I wrote down. That was really funny. <laughs> oh, the guilt, by the way, the guilt praying to get the guy to take them to Reno <laughs> is hilarious. Yes. Yeah. Also, one of those Amazing. Like, well, how are we fitting 15 nuns into a helicopter? I thought that the exact same thing. 
I was like, I was like, this is a big helicopter, <laughs> right? If we're taking all 15. Isn't that like a, like a four seat max usually? Well, I think there was a big, it was definitely like a bigger, I think there was like, what, well, cause there were like seats on the side. So it's probably like a bigger yeah. helicopter. This is going to be like one of those like Titanic, like, can they both fit on the door? Oh kind of moments? <laughs> like, can all the nuns fit in the helicopter? Um, I kind of don't care. Like there, there's yeah. some of those moments where like, I don't need every, I don't always need every I to be dotted and every T to be crossed for yes. me to enjoy the movie, mm-hmm. you know? And here's what I'll say. I don't, I don't think this movie was aiming to be anything more than a good, like it's a good time with a fun story. It's not like it's, it's not a documentary. It's not no. anything like that. Now in saying that, do I think we'll be Goldberg should have been nominated for an Oscar? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Especially with that lineup. Yes. I think we'll be yes. Goldberg definitely should have been nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think that, um, but also like talking about the, with the ending, I, they weren't expecting to do a sequel. You can tell that too. Like this was supposed to be just oh, a long well, yeah. well, you know about this, what the sequel was originally, right? No. Do so I? the sequel was originally a, based on a true story about a real life teacher. And they, after the they, success of sister act, like, I bet we could just make this sister, Mary Clarence and it'll work. And they well, did, yeah. which is why I would say the second one and the first one don't, like you can watch the second one and not the first one and it's totally fine. But yeah. I like what a like how sad though, you know, like that you you basically I don't know like the second one, listen, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something and if it gets me in hot water, whatever. The I'm second so the second one is a cool collection of scenes. Like there's a bunch of great scenes you watch on YouTube and the songs, like, yeah, you like we love to listen I'm to them. Slapped. They slap. The They're great. Songs are amazing. However, it is not a better movie than Sister think, Act. That's the thing is that people will remember Lauren Hill singing his eyes on Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, happy day and joyful, joyful and go yeah. to movies good. Okay. And the problem, the thing is the movies, the movie as a story, like even how Dolores gets there is insane. Yeah. But what I will say is watching it this time, I think that that would make a really good Netflix series. Yes. Like, because then you can like learn about the kids and like actually, it's like almost like what if Glee, but like urban and better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like there's an element and of like Ruby Goldberg. Like, well, yeah, but like also like I think that there's something to be said for like this idea of learning who those kids are in a more flushed out way and not yeah. necessarily like, I don't want, I'm not saying like Glee like in like let's make it a musical I'm saying like they can still work toward the co- competition so the only music you're hearing is the music they're going to you know but just the flush that story out a little bit more I think it would have been an interesting like it, nowadays I think it would be a series I think they would have made the first movie and then been like hey we can take some of these people and make a, a series on yeah. HBO or yeah. Netflix yeah. or Hulu or whatever yeah yeah well, you know, and the thing about, I, 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 I definitely think I have love for each each of the movies in my heart, because while definitely the first Sister Act is the better movie, yeah, uh, Sister Act Two is just so it's the songs fun, yeah, it's the songs, it's yeah, Lauren Hill, mm-hmm. Cheryl Lee Ralph, Cheryl uh, Emmy Award winning. Emmy Award winning <laughs> Cheryl <laughs> Lee Ralph icon, right? Like, oh, just Jennifer such, Hewitt. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Frank K. <laughs> but also, like, the, the one friend from Legally Blonde who's in it. Like, she's yeah. really fun. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to talk about Had a Little Lamb, which was hilarious. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it too much because I want to save it for uh, yeah, a, I want Sister Act 2 to have its own. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just, uh, you know, 
Yeah. Who would have thought a movie about non-singing would shape so much of culture uh, when it comes to like... Well, every choir, every choir in the 90s did one of those songs. I mean, after Two Strike 2, everyone did Joyful Joyful. I think we've all done a choir version of like some funkified Beethoven, right? But even like... Funkified Beethoven's my new band. Amen. But like, also, like, I've seen a lot of like high school girl choirs do like "Hail Holy Queen," right? Because like, it's a great little because it shows like the the precision of of the first part, but also the really the fun and the you know of the second half of it too. Yeah. Yeah. I've played "I Will Follow Him" in a band setting before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also yeah. this idea of secular music for Christian gain is something that like we. I think in the army world, in Salvation Army world, if not like you know, the greater church world, is something that is, is discussed at, at nauseum. And there's so many people that are like, oh, that's the devil's music. And it's like, okay, but also hear me out. People will recognize that. Like, like I'll tell you this, like talking about Lance Morissette, that we did, we took our Jesus Theater piece in 2021. We toured it around the area here and we would do them in parks and outside. And part of one of the scenes had a version of You Ought to Know by Lance Morissette in it. And these women were walking by and they full on stopped. We're like, wait, I know this song. And they st- and they stood and they watched the piece at people who would not have stopped normally. But they're like, I know that because music yeah. is something that lives in all of us in such a in such a way. Like it's so impactful for us and it brings back memories or it makes it brings the feelings to the forefront that like it's a tool that like, oh, I like that. I'm gonna, I want to go see what that is. And so. I think that this movie is such a great example of exactly that, you know, using these, you know, and I guess it's in some ways it's like, ha, it's the joke of the movie, but in earnest, like it's, it's not a bad sales pitch, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That was a great, that was a great closing to that, to that segment there, Brad. Well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. Just like when they uh, loaded up the van to take you to Coldstone back uh, at youth group, when I offer you more of Sister Act, I'd like for you to uh, hit me with a yes, please, or no, thank you. So, uh, Hannah, we've got plenty of seats, and uh, we'll be heading to the mall soon. And I am picking a seat in the front row. I'm going to be talking to the driver. I'm going to hold the door open for people. I'm going <laughs> to... I think this is just such a... I'm. I'm so glad I lived in a lifetime where this franchise exists. Like, that's so dramatic, but I I wholeheartedly am grateful for that. <laughs> well, you know, and this is something I don't want to speak to the universal experience. Um, because I don't want to I I'm not well versed on um nun culture that sounds so weird i am not super well versed so i don't want to speak um on something i'm not fully educated on but i the past two weeks here on godfellas we've discussed movies with really positive representations of of nuns and in whom which like i feel like as a kid there's definitely like a phase you go through where like making fun of nuns is like a big part of like like comedy like will you ever have that you like you see a nun in like walmart and you're like that's so funny and it's like well they're just you know like women living their lives but like the most of the nuns i've met in real life have been like hysterical and really loving and it's just i it's just nice to kind of see a nice it's nice to see a nice it's good to see a nice representation of um religious um leaders 
in a community, um, having really positive interactions with people without any sort of motivation or, or intention behind it other than just to love um, and have fun. And I love that. I love seeing that. And I just, I I also think this movie, music, amazing, comedy, amazing. It, it, just why wouldn't you want to watch it? Mm. Cool. Well, uh, well, Brad, you know, we've got plenty of seats. Will you be joining us? I will be joining you with my taking over the radio to play 60s bops over the radio while we're traveling. Getting extra mixings <laughs> at Cold Stone, you know. The whole way. I think I this movie for me, um, I have a bunch of movies that I rotate that I'll put on like when I'm cleaning my house or when I'm falling asleep. And Sister Act is like one of the those movies that is just like it's just great to it's like it's comfort. Like it, it is such a well, first of all, I love your I love what you said, Hannah, about like its depiction of like how you how it loves on its community, right? Yeah. And I think that there's something really special in that. But I think it speaks to the, the bond that music bring like music brings people together. Oh, I yeah. think that it speaks to um my thing of like, okay, I love I love taking art and kind of like going, okay, well it's been done this way, but like what if we did it like this? Right. And so it's the same piece, but you're just giving it a different little twist to it that makes it makes people hear that music or that theater piece or whatever and approach it in a different way and learn something new about it. Um, I think that, um, I love the high levels of camp. I think that I, and I love this thing, this idea of like elevated reality. I wish like, you know, I wish that we as a society would love on storytelling that way again, like this, 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 it doesn't have to be gritty and realistic all the time. Sometimes it can just be this, yeah, that's not exactly what happened, but like, it still makes sense in its world. Like let it, you know, kind of just live in that elevated reality. So like, I don't know. This this movie for me is is a is a is a gem, and also like it's a movie that I share. I have good, as I said, my one of my one of my good friends, Aaliyah. Like we we have a bond over this movie that we quote it a lot, mm-hmm. and so like this is a movie that is special to me in so many reasons. Um, and I think that it should never be taken for granted. Like it's just such a mm. solid film of just yeah. it's fun. It's a yeah. good time. Hmm. And so, well, I guess it's all up to me and. Uh, not only am I coming, but I asked my mom to give me some extra money so I can get the gotta have it size. There you so go. while everybody else is going to have their like it, I'm going to be going all in. Yeah, this is this is a movie that like surprises me every time I rewatch it because it's one that like I watch and then in my head it kind of lives as like, oh, that like, you know, 90s whoopee movie, whatever. And then you watch and you're like, no, this is really good. Like, it's really good. And she is really good in the movie too. Oh, yeah. And, you know, again, it's like, it just is in that that sweet spot of like, just over 90 minutes, doesn't take itself too seriously. It's got some boppy songs. It's funny. It makes me laugh. It makes me cry all in under two hours. And so like, I've, I've got to have it. I've just got to have it. All right, so it has been announced loosely. Rumor? No, it's it's an they have writers. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's happening. Sister Act three coming to Disney Plus sometime soon. We pray. Um, so even though they're already writing it and it's already begun, we're still gonna pitch our. Sister Act 3 plots with each other and just have a great time imagining what this would be in our in our 
I I'm playing this game with two creative who've written before and i haven't so this will be fun <laughs> mine's a little bananas so you know it's gonna Mine be yeah, too. Good time. yeah hannah you're mine's, a week away two pitch was incredible my though, a week so. this i don't think this lives up to that though my a week away two pitch was iconic and i'm mad I see, netflix I see, didn't I ask me to write it for sherry shepherd in a week away she's yes. amazing Amen. cut print moving on cut print. Mm-hmm. i'm mad netflix didn't ask me to write that but it's okay, <laughs> okay. but netflix if you're listening a second week away Yes, we'll for, uh, a month away. Uh, <laughs> Brad will direct it. We'll write it. We yes. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'll go first, Ooh. so that you you two have time to, you know, prepare or change anything if you need to. Mine's like a bit underdeveloped, but okay. Obviously, we got to have the music component in. So you know, we've seen that Dolores has made magazine covers, right? She has received uh, uh, a worldwide um, adoration for what she did with the with the nonsense sister act we saw what she did with the kids at the school in sister act two and bringing them to success and going on and on and so cut to the future someone contacts her and they say hey we want to make a musical about your life and we want you to help write the music since that's been such a, a big part of your your experience so far and so she's a little bit hesitant um but she's like you know what yeah okay let's i'll I'll just i'll just jump in and i'll see what it's like um and so she's sitting with the she's sitting with the writer she's sitting with a composer and they're and they're discussing you know like okay let's like let's start where are we starting and you know she shares the story of of how it began but then oh yeah and then after the concert well i i I didn't stay I, i left the i left the habit and then well i came back for this and you know, I helped with the kids and then then I left and, you know, I'm not a nun. And so they're like, OK, well, we're probably going to have to change some things just for the, you know, the consistency of keeping things on stage. And she's having a really hard time with that. And so they write the script, they write the music, they get the cast, they start blocking it and they they have her there to give, you know, her input. Everyone's so like, oh, it's so exciting to meet you. Like, we've heard of you. We love this. And she's just really struggling because they keep coming up with ideas that, you know, would really work on a stage production but she just doesn't feel like it's true to her story like what no no keep going keep going good yeah oh thanks i thought this was like (laughs) i thought it was a little too meta meta. yeah Yeah. i was just gonna say that like high school musical the musical the series the the series yeah the the musical the movie yeah so finally you know after all this time there's other stuff in there again it's a little underdeveloped Everyone is like, are you ready? It's opening like a first preview. Can't wait. We're going to honor you. And they do this whole thing. You know, she's on the red carpet outside beforehand. She goes in, you know, they give a little speech before it starts or something, you know, to just honor. She's here tonight. And she just doesn't feel like it's right. She just feels so out of it. She just feels so like, you know, maybe the experience, you know, I I left and, you know, I feel like the attention is about me and the, the nuns and you know, the children, like they're, they were so important to how this all began, began. And so she gets a letter in the mail a couple weeks after shows doing well, it's successful. And it's, it's from, oh, it's from sister Mary Robert, who's running the convent in San Francisco. All these years later, she's still there. And she says, Hey, why don't you come back? We'd love to have you. And you know, it's hard for Dolores because, you know, some of the nuns have passed. It's been 30 years. I, I'm sorry. You just got to dress. Sister Mary Lazarus is not there. We know that. And what does she see? 
when she gets there, she sees Sister Mary Robert asking her to come into the come into the church, come into the chapel. And there she sees all of the nuns that are still there. Still, they've all come back together and they sing an ode to her to congratulate her on what has happened with the musical and to say, we're so proud of you. And she's like, but I felt like it, it was all about me. And they said, but look what you did for us. Look what you did in your community. We love you, Dolores. Mm. And that's my movie. That's I like the Mr. Holland's opus ending. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought you were going to go super meta and have the show be Sister Act on Broadway that they were doing. The, the, the actual yeah. one that came yeah. out? Yeah. yeah. No, no. That's where I thought it was going. That's why I was like, what? <laughs> no, but that's my... That's my movie. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. All right. Who would like to go next? I feel like Brad's pitch is going to be way better than mine. So I'll, we'll save the best (laughs) for last uh, and I'll, I'll go next. So I thought about this when I was on the train yesterday and I was like, well, so where do we go? The first movie we go to the convent. The second movie we go to school. So the third movie, you know, naturally I'm probably just going to say what we're all thinking. Where do we go? We go to see. Uh, what? Wait, what? <laughs> I'm saying, wait, mine also has a C component. <laughs> so, so you know, Dolores Van Cartier. Basically, it's it's been so long since the events of the first two movies that now she's like doing cruise lines. You know, she's headlining okay, on. Fair. She's headlining on cruises at this point, and like it's kind of whatever. And she decides, like, I'm done. I'm retiring from music. But you know who I want with me for my last tour? I want my I want my girls and like my favorite students. So we get like a who's who from the cast coming back. <laughs> We're going to get Lauren Hill somehow, uh, Frank K, Hey Ho, what, all the nuns who are still living. We're going to get Sister Alma. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get them Our all back. Still working. <laughs> we're going to we'll never die. They're all on the they're all on the cruise line <laughs> and they're doing their they're doing their thing. But also Vince is a uh, fresh out of prison and he's are on Are you too still <laughs> living? He's on the cruise line too, and I was thinking, you know what's making a resurgence right now in cinema is the Who Done It. You guessed it, folks. My Sister Act Three is also a Who Done It. That's right. Someone is going to get murdered on the cruise line. Oh my god! And everyone is a suspect, and we've got to figure out who did it. And uh, my title is Sister Act Three: Involuntary Baptism, because they're at sea. And that, that's my pitch. Oh my gosh! I, okay, so I'm, I'm I'm a little I'm a little less scared. I mean, we're both we're both we both went the cruise ship route. Yes. So, okay, so let me make my pitch to you. Okay, so here's the other thing that I thought about too is I, I was thinking about like our attitude toward the Catholic Church nowadays versus back in 1992. Oh yeah. So the movie starts with Mary Patrick and, and Mary Roberts still kind of running this thing. Okay. But they see something at the church, be it they catch on to the pre, a priest scandal or a money scandal or whatever, and they get they get seen that they get caught, almost like what happens with Dolores in the first movie, right? And so they realize they've got to get away, otherwise they're going to get in trouble, move ex, whatever, right? They're going to they're feeling like the weight of the church. They're seeing this not great side, right? So they they've been in contact with Dolores, who is headlining on a cruise ship, right? And they're like. 
we got to go out and she says, okay, I'm booking you on the, you know, like, oh, don't come see me. He's like, oh, we have the whole thing. So they end up on this cruise ship. Well, what they don't know is that Dolores is actually not the headliner anymore because she's been around for so long and she's playing second fiddle to, and I did include Kiki Palmer because Kiki Palmer is like, apparently yes. Yes. So yes. she's the new headliner that Dolores is like under. Love that. And, but the thing is, she realizes she's trying to protect them. So she hides Mary Patrick and Mary Robert as her new backup singers in her act okay and so they're hunting so the church is hunting her down at each of the stops along the way okay i don't know how it ends yet but basically it's almost like a mirror opposite of the first movie so i want to call this sister act three breaking the habit yes you know brad i know how you love it breaking Breaking. brad i know how your movie i know how your movie could end there's a murder on board the ship No, but like the idea of like, it's, it's so funny to like the idea of like, we see that, you know, because the idea of the fish out of water thing for the first part is that you get to see that Mary Patrick who like, think about how she is in the first movie, right? And she's like around these people. So now she's, but in, she's in a habit, like it kind of makes sense. But now she's dressed like every other old woman on a cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And she's acting like that. So there's this whole moment of you have to blend in so people don't find you. Yes. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, I don't know. That, I I thought that would be kind of fun, and even they're like you know maybe some of the kids from the second movie show up somehow. Like maybe they're in the act or like they're working on the cruise ship. Or Frank is a waiter, or or Frank is there with his with his wife. He's like, yeah, is that my third grand? No, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to say like I don't know because they're all hundred now. There are a few things that I want to see before I die. One of them is Whoopi Goldberg and Kiki Palmer being snippy to each other I, on a boat. I Kiki Palmer is the perfect. It, it's perfect, but it's like it's but literally Palmer, perfect kind of works as the reverend mother in that like these women can't dance like that you know blah 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 we don't want them they're old right and so like she's talking about the integrity of the show and Whoopi's like i gotta save my friend but she can't say that because she can't give away their you know whatever and then eventually kiki is the one who says no they're actually cruising you know so it'd be really fun just to like do do, like a literal almost like complete flip-flop of the original i think it'd be kind of fun yeah i love it that'd be good i love it yeah Folks, we might we might uh throw out um you know vote for the one that you like like best, but honestly you know we might have three, four, and five right here, so so you know, we can keep this franchise yes. going if we if we have to. Absolutely. Disney, if you're listening, you know I I know that I know you're not working on that script. I know that it's like the project that you're doing. Like, come on, we we got you, we got you, yeah awesome that was so much fun (laughs) well folks in conclusion you know sister act it's on disney plus i know you have a subscription go go watch it and even if you think like oh i've already seen it maybe like give it another chance because honestly it's a really well-made smarter than it seems comedy like be ready to like you know laugh and like there's stuff where you'd be like oh that's silly or whatever but this movie is better than maybe you're ready to give it credit for. And uh, yeah, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this movie. So, you know, get at us in the comment section, but also make sure that you get at today's amazing, amazing guest, Brad Kane. Brad, thank you so much for being here with us. Yes. Yeah. And Brad, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, actually. So I have an Instagram called a play a day in May. Mm-hmm. And what I did is actually, it started through the pandemic and I would read one play each day in the month of May. And it's now expanded to, I do a new play every Tuesday and I'll do some of my old posts and move them over to the new account on the Thursday. But the idea being, they're not meant to critique the play or say, I like it or I didn't. It's about raising awareness and hopefully like saying, hey, this would be really fun if you're into this or that. And just really elevating, not elevating, but like making making reading plays more accessible. Like we know as theater people, we tend to gravitate toward musicals, but the stories that are being told in plays 
they're so interesting and they're great discussion starters. So I encourage you to check out my uh, my Instagram and uh, engage with it and maybe, you know, start reading some plays because yeah. there's some great stories out there. Yes. Hannah, is there anything that we would like to plug? Yeah, there's a few things. Um, first and foremost, I know we were talking about the first movie, but I'd like to plug... Um, uh, I would like to plug Abbott Elementary Season 2 premiering because we talked about Cheryl Re- Cheryl Lee Ralph. I think it's the so R in Cheryl and the R in Ralph that I just... Cheryl Lee Ralph. Uh, <laughs> Cheryl Lee Ralph. It's also the show, like... Quinta Brunson is a genius. The writing's great. Janelle James is iconic. The cast is amazing. Just watch it. It's on Hulu. It's also on ABC, like Wednesday nights. Please. It's great television. So um, good. So good. Um, the other thing, the and then the real stuff I'd like to plug. Um, <laughs> uh, as always, follow us at Godfellas the Pod on Instagram. Uh, you can find all of our episodes there. And I would even encourage you to scroll back and uh, look at some old ones, too. Um, and then also, you know, as we mentioned last week, we are starting to do some public worship gigs. We are so excited for what's coming. Um, we're, you know, we're just really, really grateful for how this is already opening up. So um, we're at The Honey Initiative on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Um so you can find us there and we'll have information about you know where if you're nearby you can come come to the night like we would love to have you there um even if we've never met you should come or if you just want to hire us to come do an event yes (laughs) reach reach out to us on instagram please we would love that Uh. that'd be great yeah and then finally uh, again if you just want to hit us with uh, a like and a follow and you know five star rating and review it really does help us out but you know you've you've heard this a million times but until then i've been mr zach i've been sister hannah i've been reverend brad well the adventure is over we're all heading home but i hope that you know friends you're never That alarm clock, would that wake you up? No. No. Because that would no. never. No. <laughs> How does she get it to play? I like, is there a button to press? Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. It's a cute moment that I don't want to dive too far into. <laughs> right, right. But I definitely was just like, I do not know a person who would be woken up by that alarm clock. <laughs> that wouldn't pull me out of a daydream. No. Yeah, I'm a pretty light cute, sleeper, though. and I don't think that'd wake me up. It's super cute, though. I'm- 